Today on Ag News Daily. It's a very, very chaotic environment, so we've had to use high-speed photography and uh, a lot, you know, as we have thousands of hours of film. And hundreds of uh, prototypes we've gone through to yeah. get there. And... <laughs> hundreds of prototypes. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Tech Tuesday here on the Agnews Daily Podcast. Delaney Howell flying solo for today, but it is a great Tuesday afternoon. It is sunny. It is warm. Folks are out in the fields, and it's also a Tech Tuesday. So what more do you have to be? It is also... October is, of course, got a few big events going on, but it's also National Protect Your Hearing Month being put on by a couple different groups to encourage folks to protect their hearing. And yes, farmers, I am talking to you, protecting your hearing when you're out there in that loud equipment. Uh, This is just an awareness month that they've created for folks that work in industries that need to protect their hearing. So that's also going on this month as well. But, you know, we also are seeing, of course, Harvest Chug right along, as I mentioned here. And we saw commodity markets really turn around here on this turnaround Tuesday after giving up quite a bit of profit yesterday on the commodity market boards, especially in the soybean markets. And we will see, of course, later today what we're sitting at as far as nationwide crop progress. Of course, yesterday was Columbus Day. The federal government was on a holiday, and so we didn't have those crop crop progress reports out. Those will be released later this afternoon. But it is speculated that soybean harvest should reach about 55% nationwide. That's what analysts are expecting to see it at. Um, As far as corn goes, they're expecting that to be somewhere around 65%, even taking into account some of the inclement weather we've had, as well as what's going on down in the Delta area. So we'll talk about those numbers a little bit more tomorrow. But in other news, farmers now have a sign-up deadline for the USDA program designed to compensate for disaster losses in 2018 and 19. Producers who suffered from natural disaster losses, such as wildfires, hurricanes, etc., have until October 30th to apply for the WIP, or Wildfire and Hurricane Indemnity Program Plus, programs, according to FSA Administrator Richard Fordyce. He said that, you know, those fiscal and financial losses were drastic for 2018 and 19. Get those applications in before October 30th so you don't miss your deadline. And that will be your chance to receive a little help, a little funding here from the federal government. But we also saw lawmakers include funding in the program for crop quality loss that stems from natural disasters. So we haven't yet seen the USDA process that whether or not it's going to be able to have farmers take advantage of those funds, but we are seeing Congress work on a couple other things as well for that. And USDA is working, they said, really hard to be able to process those WIP plus payments quickly. The deadline is, of course, as I mentioned, at the end of the month, and they say they are going to speed through those payments and push them out to producers, seeing as in some instances, some of these payments could be two years delayed. So again, October 30th is your deadline if you have not signed up for those WIP Plus payments as of yet. And I believe for some of those folks that were in uh, flooding areas in 2019, Nebraska especially, I believe you also qualify as long as your county was declared a national emergency. 
In other news, commodity related, of course, there is going to be a new soybean processing plant as we continue to push the envelope both in soybean demand and soybean crushing. We are set to see another facility to deliver soybeans to being put forth or being put up here, I should say, by the Mid-Iowa Co-op to put another soybean processing plant near Shell Rock, Iowa, with capacity to crush about 38.5 million bushels a year. Their CEO, Mike Kinley, said that this plant would put forth about $270 million and will be partly owned by the farmers who are, of course, part of their cooperative system, but said it will produce about 847,000 tons of soybean meal And they're expected to start construction later this month, with it going into full operation in 2022. Uh, They say that, you know, a lot of this will go towards animal feed, as well as crude soybean oil, things in cooking, biofuels, renewable diesel, all of those things will be crushed at this soybean crushing facility. But they said even with, with the pandemic, We still continue to see an increasing demand for soybean oil as consumers are rushing to the grocery store aisles. So a little bit of good news for folks living in Shell Rock. I'm sure that that will improve the basis in their area as well. But let's see. In other news here, I think the only other piece of uh, news I've got here is a little bit of Chinese related news for today. China has been seen stepping in not only to buy, of course, corn and soybeans, but also to fill up their cotton reserves. They have auctioned off more than half a million tons of cotton out of their reserve as of September 30th to more than 200 buyers. And they are now buying domestic and imported product to replace the cotton that was originally stored. And some of this cotton according to the FS or excuse me FAS agency is pretty old some of it 2011 12 and 13 is what they are claiming and so they are selling the old and in with the new so to speak so as of October 1st the US had racked up outstanding sales of about 2.1 million bales of upland cotton to China so it's actually up about 1.6 million bales compared to this time last year. So it appears China's also stepping in and buying things not only on the corn and soybean side of things, but also on the cotton side of things. And like I said, you know, we've got the crop progress report coming out later today. But ahead of that report, we saw the markets really have a turnaround Tuesday for today. Starting off here in the December corn contract, up two and a half cents to close at three ninety one and a half. The March up two and three quarters to close at three ninety nine and a half. In the soybean pits, the November contract added ten and a quarter cent today to close at ten forty four on the nose. The January up ten and a quarter to close at ten forty seven. Wheat pulled back just slightly today as the Chicago December contract closed a quarter of a cent lower to end at five ninety four. The March down a half a cent to close at five ninety seven and a quarter. In the livestock pits, green across the screen as the October live cattle contract added forty seven and a half cents to close at one hundred eight eighty two and a half. The December up forty to close at one eleven. 22 and a half. 
In the feeder cattle pits, the October contract added 82.5 cents today to close at 138.12.5. The November up $1.27 to close at 136.82 and a half. Lean hogs pulled back today as the October contract shed 37.5 cents to close at 77.80. The December down 47.5 cents to close at 66.15. And rounding out our markets with the Class 3 dairy milk futures. October adding 3 pennies today to close at 21.20. November adding 17 to close at 20.65. Without further ado, I want to kick it over to today's Tech Tuesday interview featuring two aerospace engineers who started a company called MK1 Engineering, focusing on seed orientation. Well, on today's Hashtag Tech Tuesday interview, as promised, talking to two gentlemen who know a thing or two when it comes to technology in the agronomic industry, talking with co-founders Keith Strang and Mitch Dill of MK1 Engineering. Gentlemen, thank you both for joining today. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. So let's talk high level here before we get into really the nitty gritty of what you guys do. Uh, tell me a little bit more about each of your backgrounds and how you found yourself in kind of the agronomic engineering field, if you will. Well, I'll start. This is Mitch talking. Um, I am my background is an aerospace engineer. Um, worked down at Boeing for about seven years after college and then moved up here back to the farm in Minnesota. I grew up on the farm here in central Minnesota near Litchfield and uh, got a job here working in a separate engineering field. And that's where I met Keith. And we always tossed around ideas about starting a business, starting a, you know, a new technology. And that's where you know, we took off with this seed orientation idea. Yep. We both worked at, this is Keith. We both worked at a defense company together and we had accomplished quite a bit in our, our jobs there. And we were looking for a new challenge and Mitch had gone to an egg show. And I think he was listening to one of the, the current top growers and top country. growers in the world talk about corn seed orientation. So he kind of gave us the idea, you know, he said, no one solved this before. So we, we dug into the the problem a little bit and look, you know, found patents dating back to the 1960s of people trying to solve corn seed orientation. We dug up a bunch of studies and saw that you can get yield gains from 10 to 20%, sometimes 30% from just simply orienting the corn seed. So we, we decided it was something worth, you know, putting some time into. So, Dick, tell me a little bit more. I want to dig into this seed orientation. For those of our listeners that this is a foreign term to elaborate on what that means. So as a seed, when a seed is planted, there's always a, there's a root that sticks down and then a, basically an embryo that comes out the side. So if you plant the seed, you know, say upside down, the root will have to wrap around the entire seed. And that can take days to do. And then a neighboring plant will be oriented tip down and it'll come up, you know, days sooner. Sometimes, sometimes we've seen, you know, even weeks, weeks difference between these, depending on the soil conditions and temperatures and whatnot. So the idea is you plant the seed all tipped down. They all come up very evenly with, within, you know, each other. So they have really tight emergence. And what that, what that does is these, the uh, plants all treat each other as peers versus there being runt plants. And the rump plants, you know, often produce very poor yielding cobs. Yep. 
Okay, gotcha. So you two knew this was an issue and you're both, you've both got engineering backgrounds, maybe a little bit of ag background as well, and had this idea to start your company, which does a product or, or explain to me maybe more than what I can do, obviously, uh, what this AeroTube system is. So AeroTube will, it'll take a corn seed from your meter. Um, and of course the seed is in a tumbling state, usually falling out of a meter and it'll put it through our collector into our orientation coil. From there, we blow air onto the seed. And that's where we discovered uh, airflow will orient the seed tip uh, in the direction of the tip airflow. with the flow, yeah. essentially. So it, the coil also sta stabilizes the seed and ejects it into the soil uh, tip down. Yep, and we actually shoot the seed into what we call a sub-furrow, which is a, a very narrow slice, basically the width of a seed so this, the soil we're planting the seed into is just the width of a seed. So we're not disrupting, we're not disrupting the soil any more than it has to be. And it's a very tight wedge into the soil. And we found that that actually has incredible seed to soil contact benefits, you know, the way we're doing it. So we're shooting the seed tip down into this tiny little wedge in the soil. Yeah. So we get a seed to soil benefit and then the orientation benefit as well. And so this is just some sort of mechanism that would essentially attached to your current planter. Is that right? Yep, the current corn planter. Yep. You basically place it, it goes inside your current row unit. It replaces the seed tube. Okay, gotcha. So I'm sure this is a little over some of our heads and, and you've alluded to this a little bit, but explain to me a little bit more about the science or the technology about how you can ensure that the seeds, the corn seeds orientation is exactly how you want it to ensure optimal root, root growth. Yeah, so through the studies we've looked at and through some of the research we've done ourselves, you know, our own emergence studies, we found that tip down is ideal. The other benefit we hadn't talked about yet is uh, leaf orientation. So the embryo will always shoot out the flat, you know, one of the flat sides of the seed. And that if you plant tip down, the embryo will always come up the same way. And then the whole corn plant will structure that way. So the leaf, the leaf will essentially be uh, perpendicular to your row and that'll increase your, your light canopy exposure. So when, yeah, when figuring out how, you know, if, if this thing's actually performing, you know, we're orienting 15 seed a second, you know, going five miles an hour sometimes. So it's a very, very chaotic environment. So we've had to use high-speed photography and uh, a lot, you know, as we have thousands of hours of film yeah, hundreds of, of prototypes we've gone through to get yeah. there. And <laughs> hundreds of prototypes and just basically, you know, you, you basically can't see what you're doing. So you have to, you know, film everything in high speed and see how the seed is actually behaving. Make sure it's not in a tumbling state. We always want it sliding down and shooting evenly into the into the sub furrow. And so for farmers that are looking to adopt new technology, you know, something like this is definitely, I think, catches the eye of a lot of farmers out there. Tell us where you're at as far as the commercialization goes. Is this available on the commercial market? Is this available just through like a dealer or a retailer or can farmers buy this directly through you guys? Right now we are, you know, it's, it's just our company. We're not working through any dealers or anything. Um, we're looking at making 2021 a beta year so 
as soon as, you know, we're hoping to find some growers in the southern regions that start planting, you know, as early as February, so we can get some some more data. We just want to we want to get this thing in the field as much as possible so it's ready for, you know, full, full you know, production release. So 2021 is going to be a beta year. We're still looking for, we, we have a lot of interested beta testers. We're still looking for some beta testers uh, down south. And then uh, if all goes well, we'll be releasing the product in 2022 for a more you know widely available commercial release. We have been talking to a few companies, but nothing's set in stone yet as far as partnerships and all that. So if anybody's interested in partnering in this technology, we're interested in that too. Yeah. And when you look at the marketplace, I mean, it, from what you guys have shared, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of other people focusing on seed orientation. Why do you think that that is? Well, we've seen um, some companies have some patents coming out, but we feel like the, the method that we're using with air and centrifugal force to stabilize is pretty much the only way you can su successfully do this at a relatively cheap cost. So, yeah, it's, it's not through lack of effort. A lot of companies yeah. have tried. We've mm -hmm. seen a lot of, you know, different companies, different patent attempts out there. Um, so there, there's definitely an effort out there. People are interested in it. It's just a very difficult problem to solve. And I think our, you know, experience in aerospace and all that gave us a unique look at this problem. We're using, you know, aerodynamics, basically advanced aerodynamics to try and solve this problem. And We've also been using like a lot of the cutting edge technologies out there, like 3D printing. There's a lot of a lot of 3D printing technology that has only existed for two years that we're using. So it's kind of the right time, you know, a state of technology, manufacturing technology for something like this to be possible. Yeah, and this is exciting stuff. I think you guys have really interesting backgrounds and makes you guys positioned in a cool place to hopefully roll this out for a commercial launch in 2022, but you mentioned that you are still doing some beta testing here in 2021 and are looking specifically for growers in the Southern region. If we have any listeners tuning in right now in maybe the Southern region of the United States that are interested in learning more or seeing if potentially they could test this new technology, how can they sign up or find out more information to do so? Yeah, please go to our website at mk1eng.com. Um, you could also email us at info at mk1eng.com. Awesome. Well, Keith and Mitch, thank you both so much for joining today. Really fascinating stuff. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Well, again, a big thank you there to Mitch and Keith. Interesting backgrounds they've got, that's for sure. And really interesting stuff. I'm excited to see how technology like this seed orientation, which to be quite honest, had never crossed my mind until we uh, drummed up this interview for today, was not something I recognized was even an issue or a factor that could increase yields for specifically corn farmers here. But definitely makes sense after listening to some of their research and going on their website there. But Folks, again, if you're a Southern farmer and have interests in potentially testing this out here in the 2021 growing season, you can go ahead and reach out to them through their website. But I'd also like you to reach out at the same time to Ag News Daily. Let us know. Is this something that you think would be a viable option for your operation? Is this something that you've noticed already on your operation? I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Ag News Daily. And with that, I'm going to let the people go.